welcome to the PES podcast, March edition. I can't believe we're already at our third episode for the podcast today. And I'm very excited because this episode is perhaps, hopefully, the first of many that are going to be sharing some staff stories with you. Because I know after speaking with some of you around what we could put into future episodes, one of the key things that you're interested in is the backgrounds in those that are teaching you and how they ended up in higher education after their previous kind of roles and positions in other institutions. So I'm very excited to say we've actually got five stories to share with you in today's episode. We have got four other members of staff. We've got Eddie, we've got Tari, we've got Ruth, and we've got Julia. And I will also be giving a brief overview of my education journey as well. Hello, my name is Eddie O'Reja and I'm going to just talk for a little bit about my teaching journey. On reflection, I believe my teaching journey began while I was still in secondary school because I had a love of mathematics and I did really well at it in, in class all the way through school. And as I got older, I found myself helping my friends with their mathematics because a lot of them found it very difficult. And uh, when I got to my fourth year, which is uh, the year 10, I was helping other classes as well. So at lunchtime, I would go in and I would help uh, with homework support and with some of the tutorial classes, um, just supporting teachers. Um, I found I could get down to child level in terms of language and explaining uh, what needs to be done and really break down the different processes and the steps that had to be taken in, in solving a lot of the problems. Uh, but really my ambition was to leave school and train to be an engineer. It's what my family wanted, um, is the career I thought I would like to get involved in. So I was able to get um, good grades in both my um, O-levels and my A-levels. Uh, and I actually did go to study engineering. Um, as it happens, I studied engineering at uh, ARU uh, back then. And it wasn't really until I finished my degree and I started looking for my first job that I even considered going into teaching. And even then I didn't really consider going into teaching because I remember being at a job fair uh, which for, was for uh, looking for engineering type work. And um, one of the uh, companies that came uh, was Essex County Council. They were doing um, a kind of inter-teaching um, kind of thing. And they were working with a number of uh, universities to train teachers on a PGCE at the time as part of their job pool that they used to run uh, back in the early 90s. And uh, I remember remembering at the time my um, love for maths and, and, and how well I did back then at it. So I went to speak to them about myself, really, about, oh, I remember doing maths in school. I loved it. Uh, what's it like for maths teachers? How do you become a maths teacher? That kind of thing. And um, I remember having this long discussion. And then by the end of it, I had uh, registered <laughs> to go and visit um, what is now De Montfort University to train as a teacher. Uh, which is quite interesting. So I went along and they took me on the course and I ended up studying a PGCE um, in uh, mathematics. 
Um, and at the time, I remember saying to everyone, I'm only doing this for a couple of years. I'll get some experience because working um, in engineering or any other field at graduate level is very difficult if you've just come from school to university to job. It's good to have some experience in something, working with people, teamwork, professional development, all of those sorts of things. So I just thought these two, three years of teaching will give me all of that. Um, so I trained as a, as a math teacher. I went into my first um, secondary school and um, I found that I was having quite a lot of impact and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with young people. I enjoyed the teamwork. I enjoyed uh, planning, um, enjoyed uh, observing others. And um, I really got into it. And in my second year, um, I remember them asking me to take some responsibility for uh, Key Stage 3. Um, I mean, back in those days, we used to have Key Stage 3 exams called SATs. And um, I started working on that. And we had really good outcomes uh, in the next couple of years. And that really got, got me into teaching because um, uh, all along I had to um, improve my skills. I used to do all the manner of uh, professional development, working with other teachers, um, I got asked to work for an exam board as an examiner. So I did that. I marked some SATS papers as well. Um, and before I, I knew it, I was doing authoring for Oxford University Press, uh, helping do textbooks and things like that. And um, I managed to go through all the different uh, promotions through, through school. And it wasn't until maybe 10 or 15 years afterwards that a friend of mine said, you know, are you doing engineering? Are you still doing the teaching <laughs> that you said you would do? And I think by that time I was already a head teacher. So um, I sort of got caught up in it, um, in doing the teaching. So, yeah, I think my journey started when I was a student, even though I had no intention of being a teacher. I think some of those skills and enjoying working and supporting others and uh, being able to explain and having that patience to work with uh, those who are having difficulty, um, were probably developed um, at school when I was at school and then the actual teaching itself um, and all the um, actual evidence-based um, practice that all came later um, when I actually trained as a teacher uh, but I've really found the continuing professional development really really handy um, because at the time I was only doing it on a temporary basis so the fact that it actually um, extended into what's been kind of like a 30-year career is um, really, uh, really interesting. But uh, yes, it's, uh, I think I did 10 years before I realised um, I was past my two-year objective. Uh, but I found it a really rewarding um, career. Um, it's really good for uh, development. I felt I learnt about myself as well, um, how I learn. Um, I learnt about um, how to work as part of a team. Um, a lot of the skills I never really got from school or university. And of course, there was always plenty of opportunity for professional development, uh, ability to study, to bring back what you found into your practice, to learn from others' study, to learn from general research that's been done. And of course, um, over the last three or four decades, we've had uh, lots of research lots of policies, lots of government initiatives, and really improving your practice the whole time, reflecting on what you're doing. So the journey has been one of evolution. And I suppose um, working now as a teacher in a school, um, I would 
take advantage of all of those experiences and all of those developments. So it's a it's kind of like an ongoing development, I, I feel, with teaching. So you start and then you, you have layers and layers added and all of those constitute to what helps you in your practice. So uh, quite a, a, a long, a longer journey, but uh, I just thought I would, I would share that with you. Hi everybody, my name's Ruth Platt and um, I want to tell you the story of how I became a teacher. When I was um, about 14, we all had to do community service at school and I went back to my old primary school and helped out in the um, infant school, which is key stage one. And I found that I loved being back in that primary school environment and I loved being with the children. So from that experience of volunteering, I decided that I really wanted to become a teacher and um, set out to become a teacher. I did my GCSEs and my A-levels thinking very clearly about teaching as a kind of that final destination. I had a gap year and went to university where I studied education and loved it. I went to university in Durham and my teaching practices were in the small pit villages in the 1980s. Um, so it was a very, very different environment to the environment that I had grown up in, which was actually Cambridge. Um, and then my long final teaching practice was in Hartlepool and I had an amazing time there and um, absolutely loved the children. I organised a school trip to the beach and um, loved watching those children running on the beach. Um, so I then uh, got a job in London and my first job was in Stratford in a big Victorian school in um, East London overlooking a big park. Um, and I had three very happy years working in London. I absolutely loved it. It was very exciting. London is a very exciting place to teach. And then I decided to return to Cambridge and I got married and had my first baby. And um, when she was a year old, I thought oh, I'm ready to do a bit of supply teaching. So I contacted a local school and um, started off as a supply teacher there. I then ended up being asked to do a job share at this school and I stayed there for 26 years. So I went from being a supply teacher to a part-time teacher to a full-time teacher to assistant head and I was um, I was the PSHE lead. I watched the school grow from a one and a half form entry to a three form entry. I oversaw as a governor I helped to oversee the building of the the new school so there's a great big enormous new school where there was a very small school when I started um, and um, I had the pleasure of being a reception teacher for um, 12 years and really worked hard with my um, colleagues to create an outstanding early years provision and if any of you are considering becoming um an early years teacher, a reception teacher in particular, I would definitely encourage you to have that, take that opportunity if you ever can, because being a child's first teacher is just 
um, the most amazing experience and the children might forget you but the parents don't forget you and that's really um, very very special um, and part of my role at the school was to have PGCE students so I did a lot of mentoring absolutely loved it and I got to a point where I thought actually what I'd really love to do is um, work with PGCE students so I wanted to find out a bit more about how I could do that and I was told I needed a master's so I actually took a, a big step and left the school that I had worked in full-time for many years and went off and did my master's degree. Um, I then did a bit of associate lecturing work whilst I was doing my master's um, at ARU and I absolutely loved it and so then when I completed my master's degree um, I was lucky enough to spot that ARU had a job um, advertised so about this time last year, I applied for a job at ARU and I got it. So I was very, very excited. And then I was asked, um, once I'd got the job, I was then asked to join the PGCE team. So um, I'm now very fortunate in that I work with PGCE students and I teach them about being reflective practitioners. So I teach them about social justice, inclusion, diversity. Um, and I also teach them how to do a professional inquiry in the second trimester. So I absolutely love the ARU family and community. Um, I love the change that I've um, gone through and the change in career. I loved teaching for all those years. And then now I love um, working with people who want to be teachers, sharing some of the things that I learned and helping them on their journey. So if you're thinking about becoming a teacher, I, I can promise that from my point of view, it is the best job in the world. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, but it is just amazing. So congratulations um, uh, on, on choosing that path. And um, yes, it's wonderful. So that's my story of how I got from, from a schoolgirl, a 14-year-old schoolgirl, to where I am now as an ARU lecturer. All right, well, have a great day. See you soon. Bye. Thank you, Eddie and Ruth. And we'll now move on. We've got Tari and Julia sharing their stories. Right, um, dear all, I hope you're all doing well. Um, here's a little story about how I got into education. Um, well, I have now been in education for uh, about 20 years. And um, when I joined the profession, I never really wanted to be um, a teacher or anything like that. Mainly because both of my parents at the time were in education and I could see how much work they did every day. However, when I finished my degree, I couldn't decide on what to do. So I um, got into teacher training so that I'd teach for a year while I decided um, what to do. However, uh, the day I started teaching, I could not think of anything else I'd um, rather be doing. I have really enjoyed my teaching 
and um, um, I have taught at secondary level and I've taught at university level and I really believe that this is the best profession that one can be in. Teaching is one of those things that, um, um, to be honest, that actually make you an expert in so many things. You become really good at um, um, being a shoulder to cry on. Um, You become good at um, um, listening to people, talking to people, and I'm hopefully not judging them. I have really enjoyed myself and I hope to remain in education for the foreseeable future. Um, I really do wish you the best in all of your journeys. And um, if anyone's got any questions, or would like to know more about my journey, because trust me, in 20 years, I do have lots of stories and uh, the time I have now is not enough to go into any of them. So many stories. So many, many, many stories. Anyway, um, all the best. Bye. Hi, my name's Julia Carr and I'm a senior lecturer in education based at ARU's Chelmsford campus. Um, And I had a a really unorthodox route into higher education. So the journey started when I moved back from Spain and I had to fight against the education system to get the necessary support for my autistic son, Ryan, to succeed in secondary education. Uh, By the way, if any of you want to see the importance of the right school and the right support for autistic people in secondary school, then have a look at Ryan's story in the Channel 4 show, Educating Essex, from a lot of years ago now. Anyway, the experience of fighting for what Ryan was legally entitled to left me wanting to make changes to the education system, but I really wasn't sure how to go about doing that. So I decided that I would study education at Anglia Ruskin um, and I've never left. So now I teach and work with local and national organisations, all with a focus of making positive change and helping those who need it to get their voices heard. So I've come a long way from that angry mum. But uh, I love the job that I do and the work that I do and supporting um, people around me who need that support. So my education journey. Now, my name is Poppy Gibson and I'm currently a senior lecturer at Anglia Ruskin University, but I wasn't always working with adults and I didn't always know that that's where my journey was going to go either. Now, I did always want to know I wanted to be a teacher. So I know some of you, if you're students that are listening, you might have always known that education was where you wanted to end up. And some of you like me went to uni to intentionally study primary education and 
go straight into teaching. Others of you might not have known education was on the, you know, in the stars for you. And I think there's no right or wrong way how you come into teaching. And actually any experience that you have prior to teaching only adds to the experience and the values and skills you can bring into teaching. So I've seen students in their 40s, 50s, training to be teachers. And I think it doesn't matter what age you are, it's knowing that it's the right thing for you and the right thing that you want to do and that you're passionate about it. So I don't think age is a factor in being a good teacher. But let me just tell you a bit about my journey. So I went off to uni, I did a three year degree in primary education with QTS at Edge Hill Uni, which is up north near Liverpool. And I specialised in child psychology and behaviour. And I've always been interested in child psych bits. And I know those of you who follow the research I'm doing, it normally involves things around mental health and psychology. And that's always been of interest for me. I got my first job as an NQT in Croydon and I absolutely loved working there. I went straight into year two as my first job. Um, which I thought was quite a nice year to start off in because they're not too young, but they're also at that top age of key stage one. So they, you know, starting to form their own opinions and ideas and you can start to have some really good discussions with them. So I spent two years in year two and I took on head of PSHE. I ended up then moving up into year five for a couple of years. I became head of languages. But after about four years, I was ready for a new school and also I don't think again there's any right or wrong answer whether you stay in one school for a long time or you move between schools because actually although I was a primary school teacher for 11 years I worked at I think five schools so clearly I never stayed in one school for that long and that's normally just because I wanted to see what else was out there I wanted to get a breadth of experience in different schools because the one thing you realise when you go from one school to another, just like with any job, is that they're all run very differently with different vision and values and some will be a better fit for you than others. And I loved all of the schools I worked in, but I wanted to work both in the independent sector or sometimes known as the private sector. So about half of my career, I worked in single sex, girls schools and boys schools. And half of my career, I worked in mainstream schools as well. And I always worked in schools in and around London. And I always loved all of my roles. And it, it just so happened that after around 11 years in teaching, I'd done a master's in the meantime, and I was just finishing up my PhD. And I, I just, two things really, I was kind of enjoying getting into that research academic side um, that the PhD had opened up for me. But equally, I had started working Sundays only at Birkbeck University in central London um, and I just was really enjoying working with adults and they were very different to working with child learners because they were there because they wanted to be there not you know children in school who would be quite happy to hear there was a, a snow day or that it was the holidays I was suddenly working with these learners that were driven and purposeful and interested and still very much had those challenges, if not more challenges than the children that I've been teaching in the primary school, because these were now adult learners with caring responsibilities or families. Um, but I myself, with a family, I had um, two children by that point, I could empathise with that. And I had been studying while having full time job and children. And I kind of enjoyed getting to share these practical skills and strategies of how you can try and have it all 
um, how you can make it manageable and how you can still follow your dream of study, even if you have got job, family, other responsibilities. And I just really enjoyed, you know, seeing these adult learners on their learning journey, finding out things, learning about themselves, learning new skills. And the really interesting thing about Birkbeck, if if you don't know it, is it's London's, actually I think it might be the UK's leading evening university. So most of the lectures are 7 p.m. at night. And it's purposely built for people who are either coming back into education after a, a long break or coming into education for the first time, perhaps, since school. So a lot of my learners were mature students. And I just really absolutely loved it. I was so passionate about seeing these people coming back into education and supporting them. So I was working as um, a learning support advisor in LSA. And I, I just thought I've, I absolutely love this. And I was still working as a teacher full time in the week. And it just so happened. And I don't know if you believe in stars or <laughs> uh, it's weird to think as an academic, you know, I do rely a lot on data and research, but I also very much believe that we can believe in our destiny and fate and the journey that is perhaps a higher journey set out for us. And I went for um, birthday celebrations for my birthday in Greenwich and I was down on the banks of the Thames as like a festival. I had a really lovely time um, celebrating my birthday. And then the next day, because I always enjoyed looking for jobs and you might be the same. It's just fun to look sometimes, isn't it? Um, I saw a job come up for a lecturer in primary education and I hadn't quite finished my PhD. So I had a bit of that imposter syndrome. I was in the kind of writing up stage, I wasn't yet doctor. And it was a role for lecturer in primary education at University of Greenwich. And I just thought there's no way I would even get a look in for an interview. But all of my friends are saying, you know, you've got nothing to lose apart from an hour or so filling in the application, just do it. And so I went for it. And then, well, the rest is history, I guess. I went for the interview, amazingly got the job and I absolutely loved that role. And I was there for five years, really loved being there. And then it just so happened that in the pandemic, um, my husband and I reflected that we, wanted to move near to the sea and we just sold our house moved to the sea and I saw a job at Anglia Ruskin come up and it all just fell into place and now I'm working at Anglia Ruskin running a two-year degree which is similar to what I did at Greenwich so I think sometimes I guess the bottom line is don't be afraid to take a risk and embrace change I loved working at lots of different schools and I do think that gave me a better insight into the education system but equally you might find the perfect school for you and stay there forever. And it's about knowing what's right for you, because just as we know that our pupils in our classrooms are different, it's about knowing that you're different as well. You'll each be a different teacher to each other. But the bottom line is I love teaching. I still use a lot of skills that I was using in the primary school with my students. And I still love learning and lifelong learning is what it's about for me. And it's actually great to have worked with very young learners and now working with adult learners, which I just find just so wonderful i can't imagine leaving higher education now but i guess the other hidden messages we never know where our journeys will take us and so i guess watch this space i just want to share one last thing though before i end uh, my story because i've made it sound like it was quite an easy journey here <laughs> you know everything fell into place the one thing that didn't fall into place was my first teaching job and i just want to touch on that before uh, before i close because I did my degree, yes, that was mostly fine. And 
I was applying for lots of jobs just before I kind of finished my degree. You know, you can start applying early before you've actually graduated. I was applying for jobs and I was getting interviews at most of the jobs I was applying for. And I was up near Liverpool and I knew that I wanted to move back down south where friends and family were. I wanted to move like London way. So I was applying for jobs around London, Cambridge, Oxford, um, and getting a lot of interviews. So mostly I was studying. And then in, in the meantime, I was having to get trains down to London, down to Oxford, Cambridge, and going for interviews, you know, which is exhausting. You're preparing these lessons and delivering these lessons. It's very high pressure um, going for teaching interviews. And then I was not getting offered the places and it was very demoralizing. I obviously was um, only, you know, 20, 21 at that point, um, probably like 20 when I was going for jobs because it was like the spring before I graduated. And I was getting rejected and often they were saying, you know, it's a re really good lesson, really good interview, but um, you're not successful this time. It's really demoralizing. You think maybe I'm not going to be a good teacher. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe there's something else out there. And this is this is the, the crunch point, really. I can remember this so vividly. I was stood in Liverpool Lime Street. And for those of you that know Liverpool, it's um, one of the, the big main stations in Liverpool. And I was stood in Lime Street and I had my train ticket ready. It was it must have been about the sixth or seventh interview I went for. I can't even remember the numbers. And this was for a school in Croydon. And I remember ringing my dad you know, I was this exhausted student. I was probably living on toast at that point because, you know, student loans didn't go very far. And and I remember just ringing my dad. It must have been, I don't know, nine o'clock at night. And I was going to be heading down to Croydon, stay in a hotel, ready for the interview first thing in the morning. And I just said to my dad, I just don't think I can do this. Maybe I'm not meant to be a teacher. Maybe this isn't for me. And I just remember my dad saying, if you don't go, you'll never know. And I said, okay, do you know what, maybe this is the last one, I'll, I'll do it, I'll follow your advice. And I got on the train, went to Croydon, bit of a spoiler alert, because I already told you that I got the job in Croydon, I did get the job. Um, and, and I loved that job. But sadly, my dad um, passed not long after that, a couple of years after that. And I guess I've always bared in mind his words if you don't go, you'll never know. And I think maybe that was also in the back of my mind when I went for a role at university was, if I don't go for it, I'll never know. You've got nothing to lose. Why not apply? Same for you if you're applying for teaching roles. If you think it could be the right role for you, just go for it. The worst that can happen is you waste a little bit of time doing the forms, you go, you waste a bit of time there, but it will still give you experience. And it's clearly just not the right school for you. It's not that you're not right. It's that it's not the right school for you. And I just wanted to, to remind you all of that, that because I just realized my journey was sounding super easy. <laughs> it's not easy, but I have learned that through that rejection, it makes you more resilient. And it actually then led to me finding the perfect role. So don't be afraid to take a risk. And it's just so exciting. I'm so excited for you at the start of your journeys and just trust your gut instinct and go for it. And you're going to achieve amazing things.